Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the You Are Not Too Busy podcast. I'm your host, Noam Raider, and I'm so happy that you're here. I hope you guys are having an amazing January. I know this isn't the first time we're talking into the new year, but anyways, I just feel like January is simultaneously such a slow but such a busy month. Like It feels like it never ends and so much has happened. But also like every day, like I just said, like I feel like so many things are brought up and accomplished and changed and it's just a lot. January is a lot. I feel like the world is kind of on overdrive, not just for like the classic things we think of like new year, new me, but even on like the work standpoint, like a business end, like everyone's up into gear, everyone has high budgets, they want to make all these things happen. I feel like I'm talking super vaguely right now, but it's just been busy, but it's been good. Like I've been feeling really good. It's been a really, really great start to the new year. I'm on an emergency medicine elective right now, which has been really great. Um, I feel like I've probably mentioned it before on the podcast, but basically if you do family medicine residency, you can do an extra year and get further training in like specialties, like subspecialties. So like emergency medicine or obstetrics, etc. Um, and I've always really liked emergency medicine. I don't know why I kind of talked myself out of it, but I'm moderately considering maybe doing some extra training in Emerge. I'm not sure yet, but I did the elective to keep my options open and it's been really, really great. I also just got back from a little girl's trip to Miami with two of my friends, Leah and Annie, who I met through social media, which still such a crazy concept um like the the brief backstory is that back in april of last year so i guess almost a year ago now which is crazy to think i was visiting my my childhood friend who was living in new york at the time and while i was visiting there i met up with leon annie because we connected over social media just briefly like we weren't super close but just had been following each other for a while Um, And we just clicked. And then I came to New York again in November and I stayed with Leah. And then we planned a trip to Miami together. And it was so much fun. I love the sun. I am a better, different, more incredibly fulfilled human being with just the most moderate, minimal amount of sunshine. It changes everything. And then I came back to Toronto to a snowstorm. And it's been a rough awakening. But at the same time, like the fact that January is almost over and it's not even that cold in Toronto is kind of crazy. Like I feel like usually by this time of year, it's much colder. And really like we just have February, March, maybe April left of winter. Not really. So like two and a half months. So doable. So doable. Anyways, um, spirits are high. What else is going on? Um, it's just been it's just been busy and it's gonna be busy. I'm working for the next like nine days straight, like literally every single day, um, for over a week. But that's on me because I took time off to go to Miami, so now I'm making up for it. So we live in extremes sometimes, and that's okay. But anyways, let's just jump into today's episode because I'm really excited to talk about this topic. So if you read the title of the episode, we are gonna talk about hobbies today. Now, the inspiration for this episode is like, of course, one, my personal life, but two, I posted a real slash TikTok of me painting my pottery um, on both platforms, 
And I swear this never happens. This never happens. But on both platforms, the video went viral. Like that's crazy because I feel like the algorithm on Instagram and TikTok is so different. And I also feel like my audience and like community on each platform is different. The fact that it resonated so deeply with it's kind of even crazy to think, but like nearly 5 million people, like what in the world? That's crazy. I mean, I guess there could be overlap, but that's not the point right now. It's crazy to me. And this reminded me that not only is this then a relevant topic for me in my life, but I guess it's something people want to talk about as well. So let's just jump right into it. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about my hobby journey, which sounds so crazy to think. But like many other kids and very grateful for this, I grew up with lots of hobbies. Although I do feel like when you grew up that way, like when you were the kid who always had like different lessons after school and like had a new thing every other year, like are those really your hobbies or do you just do them because you're signed up to do them and your parents drove you there and took you. And one day you said you liked it. So now you're like going to art class every day for two years. But regardless of that, um, I grew up doing lots of different things. I went to, like I said, to art classes. I did gymnastics. I did dance. I did swimming. I did karate at a point. I walked dogs at the pet store. Um, like I, I really had hobbies all across the map. But that being said, like some things I liked more than others, but nothing really stuck. Like I never had my thing. Like some people were into like they were competitive dancers or other people were like the best painters ever or they played the saxophone really well or they were like the lifeguard at their local pool. Like they just had their thing and I never really did. Um, But I really enjoyed doing lots of different things and I feel like I was equally like decent at most of them like I don't think I was great but I kind of enjoyed that I didn't really think much of it and I feel like I only really noticed that that I didn't have like my thing when I got to high school I think um and then at that point it felt like if you didn't have your thing and if you weren't going to be the best at it what's the point of doing it at all and maybe that's just me I feel like other people probably have that same kind of thought process and it's probably just like the overachiever perfectionist in me um and then there's also the component of like the peer the peer influence in high school and like things being uncool like it's not cool to do things if you're not really good at them so like going to just like my recreational dance classes not like my competitive dance classes for the competitions I won last year or whatever um it just like didn't feel as cool anymore and it didn't feel like I don't know it felt weird going to like swimming lessons or I I don't know you guys know what I mean so I feel like unconsciously honestly like I remember actively being insecure embarrassed about this but I guess unconsciously I kind of lost my hobbies um throughout high school I think I still had some but I it really I really noticed that I had none I think when I got to undergrad or college however you want to put it and at that point it was obviously super busy, like starting your degree in university and then also worrying about extracurriculars and starting to build my application for medical school and so on. I really had no hobbies. And the only things I did outside of school and extracurriculars were workout 
and maybe like cook and bake. But honestly, I wouldn't even say that either of those things were a hobby because it also was kind of associated with a negative mindset for me for a long time in terms of like working out to punish your body or cooking quote unquote healthy meals and healthy brownies and whatever, because I wasn't letting myself like eat the stuff I really wanted to eat. So like I had what I told myself was my hobbies of, oh, I like going to the gym and like cooking and baking and whatever. But was it really my hobby if it was from a negative place? Like, I don't think those two things necessarily contradict each other, but you know what I mean? Um, And I remember starting to feel like a little bit self-conscious over not having hobbies, which is interesting because it's kind of like the opposite of what I said in high school. Because in high school, I felt self-conscious for having too many hobbies and things that I wasn't good at but enjoyed that I ditched all of them. And then I got to university and suddenly I felt like I wasn't interesting because I didn't have hobbies. But I don't think I really like delved into this thought too much. Real, until I got to med school because I feel like when I started medical school, everyone was so well-rounded in medical school. And people, like, not only did they have hobbies, but they had, like, their thing, like, kind of like what I was talking about, what I felt in high school. And I think that's where my drive for hobby started was trying to find my thing, but we'll get to why I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. But I think it was, like, the first few months of medical school, and we had – a lecture on wellness, which I mean, that's a whole other conversation as to why do we lecture about wellness. But anyways, and in it, they were talking about the importance of having a life outside of work and finding something you're passionate about, so on. And I was like, I have no idea what I do outside of work. Like, I I think I had good work-life balance in the sense of like, I didn't work too hard, like more than I needed to. But like my free time, I just like would watch TV shows I liked. I would hang out with my friends. I would scroll on social media. Like I didn't really have a hobby that I was using my free time for. So I actually wrote like a blog, a blog article that I submitted to my med school's um, like student newspaper. And I titled it something along the lines of like how to find a hobby when you never had one. And essentially in it, I talk about everything I just kind of mentioned, like this whole, I guess, almost like catch 22 with hobbies of like, you need to find a hobby, but if you're not good at it, then why are you wasting your time doing it? So then you can't ever get good at anything because you can't spend time doing things you're bad at. And then I had no hobbies and I felt boring and I needed to find something. So in that, in that process of writing this blog post and in this process of kind of trying to rediscover what do I want to do in my free time, I... I said to myself, and I wrote it in the article too, I was just rereading it the other day. I said, well, how do I pick? There's so many things to pick to do. How do I just pick a hobby? And I said, well, go back to what you know. What do you know you like to do? Even if it wasn't in the form of a hobby, even if it's just something you do in passing or something you do through other avenues of your life and invest more time into that. And I thought to myself, well, I'm writing this blog article, which in my mind, I think was still like a productive thing to do, right? To get like some blog publications, et cetera. But I, maybe I like writing. Maybe that's what I'll put my energy into. So around this time is also when I started my social media, which initially I also started with like an online blog. I don't really use that too much anymore, but I started my social media page to do just that, to have this hobby of a couple things. Well, one is communicating and writing and, and sharing messages. That's something I've always loved to do. 
And so doing that through social media. But also my other hobbies I was rediscovering of making things look nice, which sounds silly, but it's true. Um, Of photography, of, I don't know, even like marketing. Like there's so many, so many skill sets that um, running a social media page takes. And I started to delve into those. And those are a lot of things that I used to really like when I was younger. Like not like marketing, but like um, photo editing and video editing. Like I used to make music videos on my little digital camera all the time in middle school. And I would go and I had this like um, really not so fancy video editor software on my Microsoft computer and I would edit them for hours. Um, And I used to also love to like decorate my room in different ways and even like on Sims when I was younger and doing interior design. And that was also part of social media, right? Wanting things to look nice, changing in my room. So It felt aesthetic and visually pleasing in photos and so on. And for a long time, this was my hobby. And I think probably one of my saving graces is having discovered this right before the pandemic hit. And I was like sent at home with nothing to do because imagine I didn't have this hobby. Imagine I didn't rediscover my passion for these things and start my social media page. Like what would I have done at home when... I had nothing else to do. Like I couldn't hang out with my friends, which I feel like was what I spent like most of my time doing before in what I called like my quote unquote free time. Um, and that was great. And I love it. And I still do. But what I realized this year, so let's flash forward. Three years later, I'm done medical school. I'm in residency, still doing this little social media thing, having a great time with it, but I've made it productive. So there we go. I found something I was good at, I guess, I'm relatively good at at least, and I made it my hobby. But then over time, when you do things you're good at, it's so hard to not try to make them productive, to not try to make them something you can add to your CV, to not try to make them something monetizable. So that's what I did almost subconsciously because it, it's what came naturally. And as much as I still enjoy creating content and writing and photography and social media and all these things, it's become productive. So this year, or I guess end of last year, like end of 2022, but in the past year, I mean, I set her on my quest of finding my truly unproductive hobbies. Now, a few mindset shifts, I think, went into this. And have been helping me navigate it. And although I'll say I think I'm still navigating it for sure, but number one is I don't have to pick one thing. Like I think my flaw when I when I went on this quest or a version of this quest, I love the word quest, um, three years ago, was I thought I had to find one thing and make it my thing because that's what they told me in that wellness lecture. Again, wellness lecture. Like I should have known that was flawed. You can't lecture someone about wellness, but anyways, that's not the point right now. Um, I thought I had to find this one thing and make it my thing and use that to make myself interesting and use it to put that on my CV. And even if I wasn't like consciously thinking through that, I know that's what that, that impacted, um, my decisions and my kind of process. Um, so I think that was one of my flaws because that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it's good to have your thing. It's good to be passionate about things. It's good to make things you enjoy, productive things and incorporate them into your life and find ways to mend them with your job. But that's not 
really the definition of a hobby, right? Like, I, you know what? Let me look up the definition of a hobby. One second. This isn't that actually that interesting, but a hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. But you see, it's for pleasure, not for productivity. So I think that was my fatal flaw is one, I looked for something that I was good at, but two, I tried to find just one thing. When you find just one thing, at least if you're like me, it's easy to kind of fixate on it and feel like you have to make it your everything, right? And go all or none. So let's talk about finding my truly unproductive hobbies. So kind of similar to what I said um, earlier in that blog article I wrote for my medical school is there's two ways I think you can start finding a hobby or really pick a hobby to start. One is like before, start with what you know. Think of things that you just like to do in your daily life and start practicing them. So I'll give you an example. Let's say whenever you come home from work, you cook dinner and it's nothing crazy or fancy. You're not a gourmet chef, uh, but you just cook dinner every night. And while you cook dinner, you actually like that's kind of like your de-stress time. That's when you put on a show or play some music, dance around your kitchen. Sometimes you experiment with new seasonings and so on. And you, you enjoy that part of your day, even if you didn't intentionally think of it, think of it as quote unquote, like a leisure time or pleasure time. Maybe you can go to a cooking class next week, or if that's not attainable, you can just watch a cooking show on your TV and follow along or pick a new recipe and try that. Um, and start like honing some of those skills with cooking. And even if you don't get any better at them, just trying cool things, trying to make sushi or risotto or pasta from scratch or a fancy soup or something, you know, something that's a little bit more challenging, requires more intention than just your everyday cooking meals. But maybe that can be your hobby, cooking more, trying new recipes. So you can start with what you know. But the alternative and maybe arguably an even better or at least in my opinion, more fun option is start with things you're bad at because then, yes, over time, if you practice anything, you can get better. So maybe if you pick something you're bad at, in a year you'll be good at it. But kind of by definition, you can't be good at it because you're bad at it. (laughs) I know that sounds so silly, but you know what I mean, right? Like you can't start making it your quote-unquote thing, your entire personality as easily because it's something that's not going to come as naturally to you. So For example, for me, like, I didn't do this. This is just something I'm thinking off the top of my head, but I'm bad at sports. Never been good at team sports. Maybe I join, like, an intramural um, recreational soccer league and learn how to play soccer, start reading up on the rules, make a fool of myself, have fun. Um, You can do that. So start with either things you know or start with things you're bad at or I guess anything in between. But just start. Just think of something as obvious or as random and just give it a go. This next part of finding a hobby is kind of fitting with what I kind I, I glazed over it earlier, but when you're picking your hobby, or at least when you're deciding which one you want to commit to and how you're going to do it, you want to pick something attainable. Because if you set yourself up with goals that you'll never reach, you will feel bad about yourself. So let me give you an example. 
I I used to ski – not I wouldn't say a lot when I was younger, but I used to go skiing like a couple times every winter as a kid. And then as I got older, it became less, less, and less. And then I became once a year, maybe once every other year, once every three years. Um, and I just stopped skiing as often. Now, this winter, I really wanted to go skiing again. So I went in December with my friends. We went on a little ski trip. I had the best time. I love skiing. And I told myself, because I was in my hobby journey still, I guess I still I still am right now, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make skiing my hobby. Why not? It's something I kind of know how to do, but I have lots of room to learn and grow. I enjoy doing it. It's something I can do socially. It's great. I'm going to make it my hobby. I haven't skied since, and it's it's the end of January. It's January 30th, and I have not skied once since. And here's why. It's not an attainable hobby for me right now in this point in my life. And you also have to accept that, right? Like it's not always fun to admit, but it's true. Skiing requires you to drive somewhere outside of the city. I don't have a car. That's number one. Number two, I work every other weekend. Um, number three, the weekends I don't work, I probably have to shoot content for social media. Number four, I need friends to join me on this journey. Well, I don't need to, but if I don't have a car, I, I kind of do. Um, skiing is also expensive. Renting skis and buying a ski pass is like over $100 a day at least, even on like not so big ski hills. And investing in buying equipment is super expensive. It didn't seem worth it until I can admit to myself that I'm really going to commit to this hobby. So I haven't skied since. I am going, hopefully, fingers crossed, in two weeks for the second time and probably the last time. It's me end of February. But anyways, um, it wasn't an attainable hobby. So find something that you're excited about trying, but also be reasonable with how likely are you to actually stick to it. So let me give some other examples of some hobbies I'm working on these days. The first one, as we spoke about, is pottery. You guys know I'm in my pottery era. This hobby is so attainable. One, um, I don't need to have a ton of energy to do it. So when I'm really busy with life and work, etc., I don't really always want to go skiing, you know, but pottery isn't a very energetically taxing thing to do, right? You are just sitting down, talking to your friend, listening to music, sitting in silence, etc. There's a few different pottery studios that are not too far from my house. They're either walking distance or just a short subway right away. So it's easy to get to them. It's also not super expensive. It costs me, let's say, like one day going to make or paint pottery, is like $30 or so, something like that. That, doing that once a week, once every other week, like that's attainable for me right now in my life. And it only takes a couple hours of your day. It's also something that you can do with lots of different people. No one needs to know how to paint pottery. So you can combine it with hanging out with your friends saying, hey, you want us to hang out Saturday night? What if we go paint pottery? You get to, it's a double whammy. You hang out with your friends and you paint pottery. So that's an attainable hobby for me. Everyone's situation is different. Maybe you don't live near a pottery studio. Maybe um, the kind of hobby you need is actually one that is more energetically taxing because you have more of a desk job all day and you feel like you need to move and get some energy out after work, you know? Um, another another like example is rock climbing. I've been rock climbing more and more. I've been rock climbing more recently. And that's because I found a rock climbing gym that's not too far from me. It's not too expensive. Doesn't take too much time. And it is obviously one that's more energetically taxing, but sometimes I want that. 
Um, I have been doing that less than pottery, maybe because I'm always tired, but that's a separate story, okay? The next point about finding a hobby and how to stick to the hobby kind of piggybacks off of what I just said. Find friends to keep you accountable with your hobbies. So one of the best ways to stick to a new hobby is to find a friend who wants to start that hobby too because now you have an accountability buddy. Now you can also um, kind of overlap quality time with that friend and developing this hobby. So for me in pottery, one of my friends, Araste, also got really into pottery at the same time, or I guess we kind of decided to get into it together at the same time. And now every time I want to go to pottery class, I text her saying, hey, do you want to go to pottery? And usually it works out and then we get to go together and we get to hang out, but we also get to paint pottery. Um, so not only, again, is it that double whammy, but it's also good for your accountability. The next thing to consider when picking a hobby, again, I feel like a lot of my points overlap, but I'm just going to delve a little bit deeper into it, is decide if you want a hobby that's mindful or mindless. And I, I feel like I need different things on different days. So for me, pottery is mindful because I have to be focused. I'm painting little tiny hearts and flowers on my mugs and my plates. Um, and that's a mindful activity for me. And in a way, it helps me kind of shut off my mind from other things going on in my life um, and focus on this one thing. Another type of hobby, again, in my opinion, this isn't science or anything. I'm just how I see things, um, is a mindless hobby. And it's kind of counterintuitive because, like I said, the mindful hobbies help you, in my opinion, disconnect a little bit from your thoughts, while more mindless hobbies can sometimes help you get into your thoughts and work through things. So a mindless hobby for me is like going on a walk or like working out for sure, like a spin class. I always like process my thoughts through those hobbies. And sometimes I need that. So when I feel like I need that, I do more, I do more physical activity. Uh, but sometimes I don't want to think. And then I want to do something that's a little more detail-oriented and so on. I also find baking is a very mindful hobby because you have to like measure things and mix and bake and taste. Lots going on. One of the reasons that I think hobbies are so important is they help you reconnect with your intrinsic motivation, which essentially, if you haven't heard of this before, being intrinsically motivated is kind of like being motivated to do the task in and of itself. The alternative is being extrinsically motivated, which is when you're motivated to do a task for some sort of external reward. This can be external validation from someone in your life. This can be monetarily. This can be anything and everything in between. This can be like working out to have a different looking body. Like that would also be extrinsic motivation. Finding hobbies that are unproductive and then you're not good at helps you reconnect with the idea of intrinsic motivation, which I believe is so important to success and just fulfillment in your work life and avoiding burnout um, and doing th finding a way to do things by finding the joy and passion in and of themselves, not always looking for rewards or validations. And not only is it great to have your hobby give you that satisfaction, but I think it also reminds you how important it is, which lets you then apply your intrinsic motivation to other aspects of your life, like working out just because you love it and it feels good and 
working because it brings you fulfillment and you love your job, not working out to look different or working to get paid or working to get a promotion. Not that those things are bad, but finding intrinsic motivation, I find helps me stay more positive in my life, stay more motivated and more driven and just more, I don't know, like less burnt out, I guess, if that makes sense. Another reason I think having hobbies is so important is that it makes you interesting. And I know I said this earlier and I kind of like bashed on it saying that you have to have like your one thing to make you interesting. But I'm saying the opposite. I think so the most interesting people I know are the people who are always doing random different activities. Like I have some friends who will text me saying, hey, do you want to go bowling? And the next day I'll say, hey, do you want to go kayaking? Obviously not in the winter. And then the next day they're like, what if we go to the dollar store and pick up random things from the arts and crafts section and just like make something out of them? And then after that, they say, do you want to go read in a coffee shop? And this will be the same friend who's all over the place in that sort of cool and magical fun way. And I love that quality about them so much. So I really try to intentionally be that person. Be spontaneous. Try new things. Have stories to tell. Like, hey, remember that day I took that random gymnastics class and learned how to like, I don't know, do a flip in the air on a trampoline? I don't know. I'm making things up. But like, Spice up your life a little bit. Get out of your routine. Because even if you have a hobby that's your one main thing and like that's great. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But that inherently over time will become less interesting too, you know? So do some random things. You don't have to be good at them. Um, anyways, that is my TED Talk on hobbies. I love my pottery class. I love rock climbing. I love my intrinsically motivated workouts. And I love picking up cooking again. I've been doing that more. I've gotten back into reading last year, but I'm working on it again this year to get a bit more diligent with it. And I just love having all my random little hobbies. And I think you should try it too. So if you're like me and you have no hobbies, well, you I had no hobbies. Literally just like think of something today. Make it up. Make, the randomer, the better. The more exciting, the funnier, the better the story. And just try it. Let yourself be bad. Let yourself fall. As adults, we're so scared of falling and we're so scared of failing. But that's how you learn. Obviously, like, stay safe, guys. But, like, you know what I mean? So this was a short little episode because I love rambling about this topic. Um, If you decide to try any new hobbies after listening to this episode, please let me know because that would literally make my entire day. Send me a photo. Send me a photo of your mug or of you kayaking, or whatever it might be. Um, Send it to your friends. Send it to your family. Be proud of your hobbies. And I love you. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating, review, subscription, follow, all that good stuff. You know what it is on Apple Pods or Spotify. Follow the podcast on Instagram at You Are Not Too Busy Pod. And you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Noam Raider. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. That is my TED Talk on hobbies. I love my pottery class. I love rock climbing. I love my intrinsically motivated workouts. And I love picking up cooking again. I've been doing that more. 
I've gotten back into reading last year, but I'm working on it again this year to get a bit more diligent with it. And I just love having all my random little hobbies. And I think you should try it too. So if you're like me and you have no hobbies, well, you I had no hobbies. Literally just like think of something today. Make it up. Make, the randomer, the better. The more exciting, the funnier, the better the story. And just try it. Let yourself be bad. Let yourself fall. As adults, we're so scared of falling and we're so scared of failing. But that's how you learn. Obviously, like stay safe, guys. But like, you know what I mean? So this was a short little episode because I love rambling about this topic. Um, If you decide to try any new hobbies after listening to this episode, please let me know because that would literally make my entire day. Send me a photo. Send me a photo of your mug or of you kayaking or whatever it might be. Um, Send it to your friends. Send it to your family. Be proud of your hobbies. And I love you. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, Leave a rating, review, subscription, follow, all that good stuff. You know what it is on Apple Pods or Spotify. Follow the podcast on Instagram at You Are Not Too Busy Pod. And you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Noam Raider. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.